0: I am Reggie Ross. It's happening. We're talking charts. My relationship with astrology was originally born of anxiety, and I thought that if I could just know what was going to happen or how to adapt to it, I could keep myself safe. And when I decided instead to use astrology as a tool to know myself better and figure out new ways of growing, everything changed. So today I'm talking to Charlie Cotton. Charlie is an actor, writer, and the astrology enthusiast behind 1212 Healing. I love this conversation so much. We cover a lot, and you can find links to everything we talk about in the show notes. So if you're ready to learn and grow, a little or a lot, let's do this. Can you tell us a little bit about how astrology came to be prevalent in your life?
1: You know, um, I was definitely like an astrology nerd in high school. Um, I had never really been into astrology before that. I, for the longest time, thought I was a Capricorn just because I looked at December and I was like, oh, that's me. I'm December. I'm a Capricorn. I don't have those like, you know, organized or, you know, money traits just yet, but maybe they'll kick in or something like that. And I just never really thought anything of it and later found out I was a Sagittarius and I was like, okay, whatever. And I was at this party and this girl kept asking me if I was an Aquarius. And I was like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. She's like, oh, okay, what's your moon in? And I was like, my moon. So I was really into like astronomy at the time. And I was really very pretty spiritual at the time and was very into the idea of like a universe existing inside of all of us. And so for her to ask me what my moon was in, and I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you have a sun sign, you have a moon sign. Actually, you have all the planets in your personal birth chart that represent who you are. And that's kind of when it hits. Like the spark was like, wait, what? There's a whole universe going on inside of me. And it's a picture of where the universe was at when I was born in space and time. And that was, I was sold after that. And it turns out my moon is an Aquarius. So she was absolutely right. And, you know, she was kind of my gateway into the astrological world. Um, I came from a very Christian background as well. So um, it was definitely like a secret obsession for a while. I would, you know, print out some stuff at school and like hide it under my bed and like things of that nature. But I think the main reason why astrology became such a hook for me was because you know, you often go through life feeling misunderstood, especially as like, you know, either a young queer person, a young queer person of color in a predominantly white school, things like that. Um, And even at home, you know, and to read on how to understand yourself and how to understand others was definitely a huge coping mechanism for me to understand transits why we're going through certain things at certain times and how that's going to help us grow as a person became like definitely the core and I don't consider astrology necessarily uh spirituality it's definitely more of a science but it definitely became like the core of my spiritual practice and kind of understanding that we go through things in life especially very hard things to help us grow and to help us grow into different stages and different levels and different, you know, um grades of who we are. So, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what brought me here.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That entirely resonates with me as um as a child, my upbringing was very Christian. However, my mom is also an energy worker. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's this like really interesting balance between like my stepfather's very um, conservative Christian direct. And my mom, she took me to a party that she described it as a party that her friends were having. And it was actually um, a group of women who all had different skills, um, mm. within the kind of spiritual realm of things. Um, so I had my first tarot reading done oh, wow. and I had my full birth chart printed out on, you know, the, the printer paper that had the edges that you had to pull off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had my birth chart and there were past life readings happening in the basement and just a little bit of everything. That sounds amazing. And but it was also always kind of a secret. It was like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to have this thing that we do, mm-hmm. but we're not necessarily going to share it. And I I didn't start using astrology as like a growth tool until my 20s and realized like, oh, same thing. Like this is a way for me to understand myself better. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm going to hack astrology. Yeah. <laughs> try and figure myself out. Why not? What are some of the things that you've learned about yourself using it as a a self-growth tool?
1: I think the biggest growth period I had, especially in my younger years, was uh, finding out my ruling planet. And there are a lot of different ways to find out your ruling planet. Um, And a lot of different people have different definitions of what a ruling planet is. Um, I guess I should say my strongest planet, the strongest planet in my chart is Saturn. And I before I even, um, before I knew that, I was a very, very afraid of Saturn. Saturn was like the least favorite planet, (laughs) you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whenever I learned about it or read about it, I was just like, wow, this planet is just rough. It's just awful. It's just mean, you know. And to find out that that was my ruling planet, I was, I cried. I think I cried. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I thought I was cursed for the longest time um, after figuring that out. But um, I've definitely grown to love Saturn so much, and it's definitely become my favorite planet. It's rough, but the beauty of all of the planets is not how pretty it is or how light it is, it's how it helps you grow right so Saturn is growth through lessons and the more lessons you learn in this life you know no matter how painful the more you can take those with you as tools to help others and to navigate life in a way that's a lot more mature and a lot more structured based off of experience and um I've come to understand that the more I talk to people about things that are going on with their life, a lot of times I've been through that. You know, I'm like, actually, you know, I went through something really similar. It was really hard. I couldn't get out of bed. But these are the things that I did to help myself grow. And these are the things that I did to understand the situation and things of that nature. And I wouldn't have that understanding if it weren't for Saturn, you know, so I'm grateful for it at this point. It's you know big daddy saturn is my best friend at this point so you know i that was probably my biggest lesson is the daddy lessons
0: <laughs> yeah i think that i've often heard people talk about different charts and say like well this chart is better like this is a bad chart this is a bad right. placement to have I and mm-hmm. i think my personal understanding is that like there are no bad placements
1: there are no bad placements
0: there's only what you're doing with them i think for me on a a spiritual level my own personal beliefs are that like as souls like we agreed to come into this lifetime and learn certain lessons yep and sometimes i think those lessons are really just woven into our charts Hmm. so for someone who was unfamiliar with saturn why would you see that that was your ruling planet and be concerned.
1: So I think at the time when I was learning about Saturn, I was going through a Saturn transit. Um, And when I was reading about Saturn transits, I saw that, you know, Saturn is the planet of lessons. It's the planet of structure. It's the planet of tearing everything down that you built on a faulty foundation. It's like, oh, you decided to like, you know, build this, this home, this job, this whatever, like half-assly, we're going to completely tear everything down and it's going to be a mess. It's like the tower card basically in tarot, right? And um, for someone who was always so lax and I always considered myself a bit lazy, always trying to find the easy way out, I was like, this isn't good. That means everything's going to get teared down. And it did. It did. A lot of things in my life got torn down. Um, I often face things where things get torn away. You know what I mean? Because I built them on a a faulty foundation. But I realized um, that that faulty foundation was a lack of self-love and self-care. And it took me really understanding Saturn to realize that. Um, trying to go about things the easy way or to trying to, you know, to get the easiest thing possible was just a lack of self-respect because I don't deserve the easiest thing. I deserve the best you know and it and it took a lot of lessons to understand that I wasn't giving myself exactly what I deserved and I wasn't taking the time to build and I still am oh my gosh I still am every day learning like this is not how we need to go about this you know what I mean we need to go about this the solid the strong the the slow and methodical route you know and adulting is adulting is self-care and it's self-love and that is what saturn taught me for sure that's awesome
0: i think a lot of people's familiarity with saturn if you are let's say newer to astrology or maybe you don't know anything about astrology um is the famously dreaded saturn return Mm -hmm. also a great no doubt album return of saturn um (laughs) I understood that album title and just some of the things that like the band had publicly talked about going through during that period. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And were they all going through their Saturn return at the time? I think I read something like that.
0: I think they were all very similar ages. So yeah, um, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about what the a Saturn return is and what it means potentially?
1: Yeah, so any return that happens, so you can have a Venus return, a Sun return is around your birthday, things like that. Any return that happens is when the planet is around the same degree and the same spot it basically was in the sky when you were born. So, when you have your Saturn return, Saturn is a very slow moving planet. It's one of the slower ones like Uranus and Pluto, and um that one takes about 28 years. 29 to get to the same spot that it was the day that you were born um and when it does get to that spot you experience uh the shakiness um and the falling apart and the turmoil of all the things that you might have built on a faulty foundation or just anything in your life in general that wasn't supposed to be there um and not even wasn't supposed to be there, you know what I mean? Because we do go through things for a certain reason. We do have Saturn's lessons for a certain reason, right? And one of the things that I definitely learned was you have to give yourself what you need, not what you want, right? But um, yeah, so that return, you can get ready for things to fall apart, right? You can get ready for things to change drastically, Um and it's also the start of some really hard lessons too, right? I think a lot of people sometimes lose something that was really important to them during their Saturn return. Um, you know, I've had some Astra friends that said, you know, I lost a parent during my Saturn return or, you know, a partner or um a lot of us, a lot of people went through their Saturn return during 2020 that I know of. So, you know, that a lot of people lost their jobs and their, which they equated with their sense of self, right? Which is Saturn's like, your job is not you. You are not your job. You are not your partner. You know, you are not your parents' dreams. Uh, you came here for you, right? And so like, while Saturn's not as pretty as Venus, um, not as fun as Jupiter, um, I think it's the biggest and best planets who learn self-love and self-care, like
0: 100%. Is there any planet or sign that you think is like the most important in your chart?
1: I feel like when it comes to rising signs, right? Because a lot of astrologers nowadays are saying your rising is the most important. It's the most important. Um, I don't necessarily believe that there is a most important planet, um or aspect in your chart but um your rising sign is the fastest way to get what you want right which is not always what you need so that's where I that's where I kind of like draw the line with like that's the most important yeah you can lean into your rising to get what you want but Saturn will take that away you know when you no longer need it so that's important to keep in mind when it comes to like most important or whatever
0: I think that's a great point now for someone who is really new to astrology or let's say just some of these terms might not be super familiar to them, are there any particular tools that you recommend people start with?
1: Um I definitely think yeah, I definitely think you know going about it the the good old-fashioned way is best. I think astro charts Um, is a newer um, sort of website and I like it because it doesn't give you a lot of its interpretations right because I think that's where sometimes I even get hung up in astrology is reading another astrologer's interpretations and feeling like I don't resonate with that or I don't like how dark that sounds or something like that um Like, and that really just depends on the astrologer and their perception of the world and their experience of life, you know, so it's, I think it's best to kind of read your chart, read all the aspects, and then just do a little bit of your own research of each planet and, you know, research Venus, right, on its own, research Jupiter on its own, research, you know, squares, trines, which are basically the plus and minuses of astrology, right, read those on its own, and then interpret each individually. So if you have like Venus square Jupiter, interpret what that means for you. It might not be as negative as like another astrologer says, right? And it's not. Like for example, people will say like Venus in Virgo is a really hard placement, especially for a woman, right? They're like, it's a horrible placement for a woman, da 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 But the reason why you know a lot of old astrologers will say that especially like a a lot of older you know male astrologers will say that is because uh venus and virgo they interpret it as a woman being disobedient um Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and especially because virgo is the perfectionist virgo is always trying to better um themselves and better others right so if you have the love planet, they're always trying to improve their relationship, improve their partner, improve themselves within the relationship, and they can interpret that as disobedient, when really, uh, Venus and Virgo is like the divine feminine at the end of the day, you know? And I think one of my favorite astrologers, Jessica Lignato, um, speaks about this. Um, it, Virgo was the first feminine sign, really, so I think that's really important to kind of, like, interpret and look at if in your own personal birth chart and not really read it as a bad thing. Um, and then you'll have, you know, a that kind of, from time to time, not scare people, but they'll, like, put a bit of information out there and not really um, expand on the meaning. And that can be difficult because I think that can make people really anxious. Um, people are really nervous. They're like, is something bad going to happen to me? And I think it's really important to for people to understand that uh, astrology does not predict things like death. It does not predict things like uh, certain relationships ending, anything like that. It really just interprets the energy. And if... You are not where you need to be when that energy comes along, there's going to be some issues, right? Like if you are driving on a bumpy road and you have something wrong with your car, the car may fall apart, right? So it's best to just kind of like work on ourselves and do what we need to do for when that transit comes along. I remember when I was like preparing, I prepared myself for my Saturn return. Yeah, you can never prepare for your Saturn return to be completely honest, but I remember saying to myself, I want to learn every single lesson possible before this return comes along because I don't want it to get here and I'm fighting against it, which who knows? <laughs> I'm in it right okay. now. So who knows what's going on? I'm confused. But, um, you know, it's always best to just work on yourself. And that's what astrology is about, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, because Saturn is such a slow moving planet, how long does a Saturn return last?
1: Um, a Saturn return can last up to like three years and maybe even more. You know what I mean? I think It really depends on the astrology and people really need to look at their chart and the transits because you could have your Saturn return happen and then during or right after or whatever, you can have like a Chiron return happen, right? And like Chiron is the wounded healer, which I read about that after I read about Saturn. I was like, oh no, that's the worst one, (laughs) you know, and stuff (laughs) like that. I'm just kidding. It's really not that bad. But um, you can have a bunch of other transits happen one after the other so it's definitely important to look at that but it lasts about 3 years or so
0: that makes sense i remember going back when i was it was probably about 32 and i went back to look at when my saturn returned happened mm-hmm. and to kind of reflect on it and to see exactly what you're talking about the foundations that i had built were not on solid ground they mm-hmm. were i i spent an entire portion i think a good majority of my 20s basing like my own worth on what I could do for others mm-hmm. and not who I was as a person Man. intrinsically or mm-hmm. how well I was how well I could take care of myself mm-hmm. um and even in retrospect to be able to go back so let's say you're not anywhere near a Saturn return right now to be able to go back and look at that time period and what was happening during that period Mm -hmm. I think is also really helpful to be able to determine like what okay what did I learn from that period what am I still learning from that period so for me looking at okay these are the things that I did learn here's what I'm still got to work on Mm -hmm. and I want to have this resolved by the time (laughs) Saturn totally. becomes prevalent in my life again.
1: Totally. I, um, it's funny that you say that because I do readings. I do readings on like my Etsy. And a lot of times if I'm doing like a six-month reading or a 12-month reading and they have repeating transit, I just give them a list of questions to ask themselves. I'm like, hey, you experienced this transit in June. You know, what happened then? Did you um, make all the decisions that you wanted to make? Do you want to change some of the decisions? What did you do that you liked and that you want to expand on? You know, things of that nature. I think it's so, that's the whole point, right? It's so important to learn from our past. Um, so yeah, I definitely think going back and looking at that Saturn return, whenever you just feel the scratch is like really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the nudge is usually the first sign like, oh, I'm for some reason, I'm feeling like I need to go look at this or I need to check this out. Okay, well, I'll, I'll listen, I guess. (laughs) Right. I know what happens when I don't.
1: Right. You know what happens when you don't? The pattern app notification
0: pops up on your phone
1: to and it's like you know what shut up you don't have to say that I I get it okay I'll read it I'll fine
0: um the pattern is one of my favorites and for people who would consider themselves I would say skeptical of astrology I always recommend the pattern app because the language that is used to me reads much more psychological than astrological. And so from that perspective, I think there's a greater level of relatability. And then I tell everybody that I know to delete CoStar from their phone.
1: Delete it. (laughs) Delete it. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. I'm. It's funny that you say that about the pattern, though, because that's exactly what I didn't like about it when it first came out. Like, I liked the descriptions, but I had a real issue with the fact that there were no transits. It's like I know that this is clearly like a Venus transit. You're talking about relationships. You're talking about like my sense of self. Da da da. da. But why don't you just say that? And I think when I finally saw, have you seen that Channing Tatum? video and you know what I was like okay I get it because this is just you know not to say that people that you know don't like astrology are regular but this is like a person who maybe is not familiar with astrology who is reading this they're going through this experience in their life and it's resonating so much it's definitely a good gateway into understanding yourself without all the extra you know hullabaloo that just like makes you kind of turn away from it and yeah so why not you know and they do a great job they do a great job
0: yeah they do i think that there is a there's an intersection between astrology and Mm self-help where we talk about patterns right yeah um (laughs) especially in like yeah, mm-hmm. mental health work. We talk about like, is this a pattern? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the pattern app to go, well, I can pull these patterns <laughs> from your chart yeah. and tell you about them. I love getting into the comment section on the pattern where people are going, okay, well, even my my moon is in Gemini, and this is really feeling like this is where this is coming from. Yeah. Um, and watching, I, I think that's where I've been able to also, it's helped me learn more about um being able to determine certain patterns based on positions in my chart. Mm-hmm. Um because it's almost like a, a blind flash card in some sort of way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah.
1: It's really so useful and so helpful you know the pattern astrology all that stuff to understand yourself because it's really hard i think in this day and age to admit that you're wrong right or like admit that you have something to work on or admit that you didn't do your best right in a certain situation because you don't want to be villainized um and if you we are in such like a binary sort of just like society that at this point like if you didn't do the right thing then you are the wrong person or you are the bad person and the thing is is like there can be a situation where we're both wrong you know what I mean or we both didn't do our best and things like that and we both have separate things that we need to work on in order to better understand each other better understand ourselves and that's where astrology is really helpful because Venus and Scorpio for example You know what I mean? Like we will dedicate our souls, our every last cell in our body to our art, to our relationship, to other people, right? Because we just want to infuse and transform and and be one and be of service with people. Um, But we don't understand what that detriment does to us. And I had a friend tell me the other day that, you know, they have Venus and Scorpio as well. And they're like i don't regret doing it i'm just a good person and it's like okay but are you being a good person to yourself you know like at the end of the day like you're treating everybody Mm -hmm. else in the situation great how are you treating yourself if you're treating yourself like a bad person that does not make you a good person you know and i and not that that necessarily makes her a bad person but you know we have to understand these things And looking at our charts especially is – especially, like, the pattern and things like that are so helpful.
0: Yeah. I think Venus and Scorpio, for me personally, was what led me to boundary work. Hi. Like, hello. Hi, Oh, my God. Like, little plug, you can't have Venus and Scorpio and not have any boundaries. Yep also i think boundaries are for everyone and boundary work is for everybody but mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. water anything yeah. to be honest water anything if you know if for anyone who listens and stuff like that if you have water somewhere prevalent in your chart think about where you need more boundaries you know with your life because the, we are the caregivers right we want to care for people we want to love them unconditionally but those boundaries get blurry and vice versa right when you give to someone else so much you get you have the expectation that you're supposed to get what you gave back and that is not always the case so yeah 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 boundary work so good
0: yeah i have dated someone who was also who also had venus and scorpio mm-hmm. and it truly just felt like we were trying to like out care for each other oh man yeah yeah. Where like, no, 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 like I can take it. No, like I can take care of, like I can take care of this for you. And it became like communication and the boundary aspect became so important to be able to check in and see like, do you have, what do you have the energy for? Yeah. Great. How are you making sure that you're prioritizing yourself in yeah. this situation before we even think about each other?
1: Can I ask you a question?
0: Yeah.
1: How did you, just out of curiosity, yeah. Um, how did you react to someone trying to overcare for you?
0: Absolute, total, like freeze. Yeah. And discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um. It's still to this day, like when someone like that's this is something that's been big in my own like personal work in therapy mm-hmm. is letting other people care for me or making my needs known hi yep. <laughs> on its own hi um i don't have needs i'm a cool girl right. um so now the people who are closest to me will say like okay but like are you actually okay or are you like cool girl okay
1: yeah that's great to have that language
0: yeah being cared for by another person on the level at which i see myself giving care is incredibly uncomfortable and I think that for the longest time I thought like well I'm doing this I'm giving this care because I'm eventually like going to be in a situation where I need it and it'll be okay for me to receive it and then being in situations where I was okay or where I needed to receive it just god I just think about like I how immediately nauseous it made me yeah (laughs) to have to Mm -hmm. let someone do really anything for me or care for me or like I'm not good at even slowing down when I'm sick that's a big one for me Mm. Um, too much
1: vulnerability in all of that
0: (laughs) yes oh yeah Mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah embracing my own um love of vulnerability and remembering that um, I think as humans, we often want vulnerability from other people before yeah. we give it ourselves. Yep. And I think that's also part of Venus and Scorpio for me is knowing like I can be vulnerable and um, not have to be afraid of it.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think that's as a Venus and Scorpio, that is where I get hung up. Is I, cause I can, I can be vulnerable, you know what I mean? As an actor, or I can be vulnerable in other situations. Um, but definitely romantically, if someone is trying to care for me, I, you know, it's like a karate chop to the face. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, get away from me. Uh, uh-uh, we're not going to do that here. You lay down. I'll take care of you.
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh
1: God. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I get that.
0: Oof. Um, and it's interesting because I've had to tell people, like, you just have to use the tactics that I use on you against me, essentially. Right. <laughs> like, I don't – when it comes to, like, caring for someone who I know is going to be, like, either stubborn or also is like, no, 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 it's fine. I can take care of myself. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But actually, like, um, is in need of that I'm very much the person that's just like, oh, I didn't ask specifically, but – um. Food just got delivered. I have a friend who was really, really sick after their second COVID shot mm. and was just like, I don't know. I don't want to eat. Like, I'm hungry, but I like don't want to eat and I like, can't figure it out. And like, oh, I'm just not sure. Mm-hmm. This person is also Venus and Scorpio. Yep. And I just, I sent chicken noodle soup over and Gatorade and Aww. was like, there it is. It's just there. And I was like, that's, you have to just do that to me. Cause if you ask me, I'm going to say no. Right. Yeah, totally. I'm getting better at that. That's something that I'm I'm working on pretty directly. So. This was
1: helpful for me, honestly. I'm just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm going through this. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Nope. Yeah, I, I I think I spent a lot of time really priding myself on being a person that didn't have needs.
1: Which is impossible. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah that's 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 not real right. um but in telling myself like i can just be absolutely invaluable to everyone around me right. and that mm-hmm. is how i will stay safe and secure and in connection with people mm-hmm. and it is entirely that Venus and scorpio that's just totally. like okay whatever you want whatever you need mm-hmm. my big three are also all mutable i have a lot of mutable Ooh, in my chart interesting so when I say, like, I don't really care, I don't have a preference, I mean it. <laughs> What's your rising again? Gemini. Gemini. Moon and Gemini, rising Gemini. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sagittarius sun.
1: Yep. Yep. Whew. Wow. Yeah. And I've been learning so much about mutable energy. That's really interesting. Because we can adapt to any situation. And if we can, yeah. then we will. You know what I mean? But when we do that, like, where does that leave room for growth? right we need kind of like that that wall to push up against to to have some sort of change so yeah that's really interesting
0: yeah it's it's fascinating to say the least my own mutable energy definitely comes into play in that adaptability
1: mm-hmm.
0: where i can absolutely shift and change and i think i i do it most in romantic partnerships mm-hmm. which is why I mean, for the last two years, I've been single and very intentionally figuring out what feelings do I have or even just like opinions or desires? What's mine and what's just shit I picked up from other people?
1: Hi, hello. <laughs> yes, that is the work that I'm doing in therapy right now, specifically around values. Um, mm. Yeah, totally. hmm what is mine what's from my parents what's from my friends what's from society that i don't even necessarily agree with you know
0: yeah yeah absolutely i think value work is value work for me is just like the the foundation of the foundation
1: it's those roots and it's funny because i have been writing a lot about the second house And the second house is the house of valuable values. A lot of people interpret it as valuables, which you can interpret it like that, especially if that's what you value. But um, I've been going through a lot of second house transits right now, some tough ones. And I went to therapy and started picking apart the things that, you know, I valued versus what I've picked up from other people and what I've picked up from my parents. And it's, it's that foundation. It's that Saturn, you know, it's that work that you do in order to truly, um, grow yourself into who you're meant to be. So it's, yeah, it's invaluable.
0: Yeah. It's the best. Um, I think for me, I always had a really hard time making decisions and after I had done values work and even just determined my own like top five core values, Mm -hmm. I now, when I go to make a decision, I filter it through those values. What decision is most aligned with my values? Hi.
1: So good. So good. Like (laughs) what? Yeah. Yes. And that's That's where coming into a true sense of self really starts, you know, because if you don't have those values in place uh, and really know them, you don't know yourself. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where I really hit a wall in therapy. Not hit a wall, hit a good wall, you know, because I was starting to ask myself, do I know who I am, you know, versus what other people want me to be? Um, And, yeah, that sort of work has just really helped me to understand, like, this might be important to these people, uh, but it's not that important to me. And I just have to kind of articulate that in a way that is respectful um, of their boundaries and my own, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Good stuff. (laughs) Always
0: always good stuff.
1: Well, there's one thing I wanted to touch on, which is just kind of like, um, you know, we talked about transits um, within ourselves. We talked about um, like charts and things like that. But these outer transits... That are happening just in the world, you know, the worldly transits that we experience. um, We all go through them collectively, um, which I think is like a beautiful thing. Um, and collective transits can be just as strong as personal transits, which I don't think people always realize. Like if you have been feeling like, yes, we have this nice weather in Chicago, but if you've been feeling emotional or even just like more hungry than usual, we, we do have the moon moving into cancer right now. You know what I mean? And the sun is slowly, but surely what is the day today moving into Taurus?
0: Yeah. We're um, moving there. It's the 18th.
1: Yep. Uh, just a couple days away. And mars will be moving into cancer at the end of the week and you know you do feel energy shifts before they actually happen right it's like called that shadow period um and it's been an emotional time i think in the world especially like over here in the states and um it's funny because we had a lot of fire and air energy happening um like late 2020 mid 2020 we had a lot of just like aquarius energy and we still do but it's been a lot of anger, right? That fire and then the spreading information, which are, which are both important, right? But what I like about this energy that we're moving into is that it's going to, it is gonna be a little bit more emotional and internal, um, especially as you know, that cancer energy, but we are moving into that Taurus energy, Venus moving into Taurus, Mercury moving into Taurus. And what I love about Taurus energy is it's very much planting those seeds right? Um, And doing that work. And I don't know about, you know, everybody else, but I've definitely moved into a place emotionally where I'm like, at this point, I can't scream. At this point, I don't want to just tell me what I need to do with my hands, (laughs) you know? And I'm, I'm just very excited to see how that energy manifests, you know, in our community as people. And, and hopefully we can start doing some good work with each other.
0: Yeah. I think that collective transits are things that we forget about mm-hmm. really frequently. They're even myself, like I get obsessed with like, what's my chart look like and what's going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. And remembering that there is this much more broad worldly energy that also holds a lot of different answers that mm-hmm. I'm seeking on the regular.
1: Yeah. And it, it, I think the beautiful thing especially when I've worked with Virgo energy because I have Virgo in the 12th house um, the 12th house is the shadow it's the part of ourselves that we don't really like to look at that we don't really want to work look at a lot of times when you read about the 12th house it'll say hospitals it'll say um, confined spaces and stuff like that so I have Virgo in the 12th house and I think um one of the things I loved about reading about Virgo energy is that self-care is also in the community. You know what I mean? It's like it's really cuz you're taking care of your environment at that point. And um that's just a lot of the work that I've been doing is like, okay, how can I care for myself out in the community? What can I do to better my neighborhood, you know, take care of the lives of the people around me because while we do need to have boundaries and we do need to you know practice our own personal self-care that work is also is also self-care and i think virgo energy can really teach us that
0: well thank you so much for taking the time today i appreciate it thank
1: you for having me
0: absolutely um do you want to tell listeners where they can find you online
1: sure yeah um again, my Instagram handle is at 1212. And that's numerically 1212 healing. Um, I just got a kofi. I don't know what the exact uh, internet address is to that. But there is a link in my bio on Instagram. And I have an Etsy. So if you Google if you just put 1212 healing into Etsy, um, I do personal readings on there. Um, and yeah, I do six months, 12 months birth
0: charts, all that. All the good stuff. Yeah. I love it. And I do love it. I really love it. I know I've said that already, but I love everything that we cover in this episode. Again, you can find everything in the show notes. I think that if you take one thing away from this episode, even if you got all the way through it and you still are not interested in astrology and have no desire to know anything about your chart, if you remember, I don't deserve the easiest thing, I deserve the best, I'm happy with that. Thank you again to Charlie Cotton for sharing all of your knowledge with us and spending this time with us. Thank you as well to our audio engineer, Amy Stankina. You can find us in another two weeks with a new episode. And in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at and Chart stop by and say hi. Until next time, stay curious and kind.